What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. Um, hope everybody's having a lovely day. It is Thursday for us. When this releases, it will be a lovely Friday. So I'm hoping everybody has a fantastic weekend. I sound like a radio host announcer. Better than um, the other day when we recorded something and you sounded like um, you were filming an intro for... That was Monday. You were sounded like you were filming an intro for uh, Real Housewives. I did. I definitely did. But um, yeah, not much with me. Uh, just writing my life away, basically. So uh, that's literally it. If you... Um, are a blogger or a bookstagrammer and you like um, dark romance, make sure to go like sign up for my dark romance uh, book that's coming out September 23rd. Links are on bio um, on Instagram. And yeah, that's about it for me. But Stevie, what's going on in the book world? Um, not much. Uh, Emily Bowie is releasing a new book this on July 29th, I believe. And it is called Wild Hearts. Ooh. and she's known for doing a lot of her small town stuff so I'm really excited I think this is I don't think this is a part of her Oakport one but I just got the arc today she sent me it just for filling up her release party so <laughs> love it um so I can't wait to dive into that um I think that's really it this week though I think that it seems like June has been or July has been a real sl- slower month for releases. Yeah, some people I think maybe because of vacations and stuff like that. Yeah, but our guest did release a book this month on July sixth, so I cannot wait for you guys to hear who it is and what they, what book it is, because I personally read the series and the series is fucking phenomenal and. She is working on a new series that's coming out soon. And she just dropped the cover or the title reveal yesterday. So I'm looking Um, forward to that. I haven't read them yet. I'm behind. You're also writing though. Yeah, so I hate that, but I am going to. However, um... Is that about it for you, or do you want me to go ahead and start the intro for her? Go ahead. Emily McIntyre is an author of painful, messy, beautiful romance. She doesn't like to box herself into one subgenre, but at the core of all her stories is soul-deep love. A longtime songwriter and avid reader, Emily has always had the passion for the written word, and when she's not writing, you can find her waiting on her long-lost Hogwarts letter, chasing her crazy toddler, or lost between the pages of a good book. Without further ado... Emily McIntyre. Recorded. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Emily McIntyre, welcome, welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Uh, We are super excited to talk to you. Stevie, I'm super excited to talk to you. All of your books are on my TBR, but Stevie introduced me to you when we, I think it was like right before we booked you because Stevie was like, yo, I've read this entire series in like one month. <laughs> like in a week. <laughs> I was like, what is it? Tell me. And I, so she told me, I added it to my TBR. I was in the middle of writing when it happened. So like, 
it's gonna I'm gonna get there but Steve she was like I want to get her on the podcast and I was like try and she did so <laughs> um do you doubt my abilities now I don't doubt shit Stevie I don't doubt shit you you say things and they happen girlfriend but um yeah so we're super excited to jump into questions with you so I'm gonna let Stevie take the Sugar Lake series questions and um I'll take the next section all right okay so we're gonna start with the beginning of the series which is beneath the stars and that is Elena and Chase's story um what was your original inspo for this series because this is a second chance romance mm-hmm. with a big time jump mm-hmm. which I'm not a big fan of time jumps but you did it justice and I did not quit <laughs> I kept going <laughs> <laughs> I was hooked <laughs> well good <laughs> um it's funny because I actually, I'm, Beneath the Stars is my debut novel, period. So um, I had always thought about writing a book. I've been a writer my entire life, but I, this is kind of a crazy story. I had never told anybody, not even my husband, that I was thinking of writing an actual novel. Um, and I've been a reader for years, but it was just like my little secret. And my mom bought me a psychic reading. Ooh. And um, yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. And he lived, it was a psychic that lives in England. So he did it over Skype and he was extremely accurate, like really crazy stuff. But then he goes, who is it that's thinking of writing a book? Somebody, either you or somebody close to you is thinking of writing a book and spirit is telling me that like, you really need to do this. And so that kind of creeped me out, but I ignored it. And then my husband got a psychic reading six months later. And in his psychic reading, the psychic was like, somebody really close to you was gifted with the written word. And they're just like really pushing for me to tell you to make sure they publish a book. It's to be published. So after that happened, I was like, okay, that's my inspo. I'm going to sit down and write a book, I guess. <laughs> we love a psychic moment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I was like, the universe is telling me to do it. So uh, I didn't have any idea what I was going to write before I sat down and started writing. That's kind of my process anyway. And I sat down and I um, did character profiles and I just sat down and started writing and it just kind of happened. I didn't know at the beginning it was going to be a second chance romance, but I will say I'm not a huge fan of doing flashbacks. So I really wanted to write it in the way of the reader experiencing the highlights um, and in a forward motion so that the time jump maybe was a little bit smoother than it could have been. I'd like to time jump. I And normally I'm not a huge fan of time jumps. I think that mm-hmm. people can either mess them up a little too much or there can be perfect. And this was one of those books that it was perfect and you got a full picture. Oh, good. <laughs> Just like deep breath. I, love, I think the thing that I literally love is that we both released debut novels that had like flashbacks in them mm-hmm. and like that was my biggest fear was I was like oh fuck I was like because I know that like flashbacks are hit or miss with some people they're either like love them or hate them and I was like oh god this is stressing me out but I feel like with second chance romance and with age gaps mm-hmm. I feel like those are the two tropes where I feel like sec- like uh, flashbacks are so necessary totally. unless Go ahead, Sario. I was just going to say totally. And it's totally about how you write it too. I mean, flashbacks yeah. for me work as long as they're written a certain way. And so if they fit into the story and I'm super invested in the characters and it's giving me backstory, it's I'm here for it. It's just, it has to be done a certain way for me. 
Exactly. And like, for me, when I was writing Love and Hockey, I was like, I'm either going to have to write this like step by step along this entire relationship mm-hmm. and in order to show it, or I can just like do flashbacks. And I was like, yeah, I'm fucking doing flashbacks. I was like, I feel like there's too much for me to put into this damn thing. Yeah. In order to make it good. So I was like, yeah, not happening. But yeah. Anyway, so that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> So did you immediately know it would be a series or were you just kind of like, maybe? (laughs) We did all the character profiles before I started writing. So I made a character profile for every character. So I had an idea, uh, but I wasn't sure who was going to get the books. I knew I wanted to do a series of interconnected standalones, but I wasn't sure who was going to get the books and what order they were going to be in. And that's another thing that as I was writing, it kind of, um, formed itself. I was like, all right, well, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> so beneath the stands is book two, and that is Eli is Alina's brother mm-hmm. and Becca is Alina's best friend. Mm-hmm. So you have a best friend's older brother. Um, and these two are oil and water. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but they are extremely hot when they do get together. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what was your favorite part about writing Eli and Becca's story? I love banter. I love writing banter. And they kind of surprised me when I was writing their story because I didn't expect them to be so fiery with each other. And Becca especially was just so fun to write the dialogue for. So I think my favorite part was just writing their interactions, especially in the first half of the book where it was like, they're just kind of taking jabs at each other the whole time and the tension was ramping up. That was my favorite. It was just the most fun to write and wrote really easily. And I she has that. a really crazy personality. Too. <laughs> yeah, she's wild. I love her personality. <laughs> and this just so happens to be the book that kind of like catapulted TikTok for you. People were like uh-huh. crazy over your TikTok with this book. Yeah. I don't think they they expected the scene that you had posted. <laughs> so book three, we'll go, we'll jump into book three because I do want to talk about their most recent one um, is Blakely and Jackson. And that is friend zoned and boss's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, why was it so important to focus on Blakely's battle with mental health? My thing for the entire series, not just beneath the hood, but it- was to, I really wanted to focus on mental health um, and different aspects of it and different ways it affects people. So with Blakely, I wanted to create a relatable character where people, a relatable character in the sense that almost everyone in this day and age knows what it's like to feel pressure on social media. And, you know, they watch, they watch these influencers have these picture perfect lives and they're always comparing and you know everything's visual everything's immediate gratification and visual and so I really wanted to write a character on that side who was the influencer but still had all of the same issues that the average person was having and just didn't show it so I really I mean that was that was what catapulted me into writing her um, the way, cause she's very broken and she was a very heavy character for me to write, but I, it was so important for me to portray that, you know, just because you see her as picture perfect doesn't mean that she is. And 
I think that's how it is in the real world. I love that. Same, because I feel like it's such like a relevant topic and a relevant issue that a lot of people struggle with. Like Mm -hmm. everybody struggles with. I feel like even if you can't say that you struggle with mental health, you can say that you've struggled with like society standards that they put out on Mm -hmm. social media. Because let's just be honest here. Like everything, like, listen, there's airbrushes, there's filters. You are seeing a tiny glimpse of somebody's life. That acai bowl that looks so pretty on that white (laughs) marble countertop can be like hiding like freaking an abusive husband, a screaming child. Like, I mean, I feel like what we've lost the fact that I think that we've forgotten that social media is subjective. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not like the entire thing. Like it's pieces of people's lives. And we think that these pieces are what our lives, entire lives should look like, but it's like, that's not, that's not the truth. And that's not, and that sucks, but yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Congratulations to you for being able to do that and, you know, doing that well. So go yeah, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about Beneath the Stars, which released July 6th. Beneath the Surface. But, yes. <laughs> it's been a long day. If I, I can't tell. <laughs> I, made, I made her plan my whole freaking next yes. three years. So she's struggling. <laughs> I, I, I PA for her. So of course, planning out release schedules is playing uh-huh. my brain now <laughs> love you long time um so this is the final book in sugar lake and mm-hmm. this is one where my book bestie and i were crying over marco polo at two o'clock <laughs> in the morning over um it was not pretty for a little while um and this is lily's story and this is one that everybody wanted yeah I think everybody was dying to get their hands on Lily's book (laughs) yeah I have more questions about do we get to find out what happens to Lily than any other character and Jax was a very very anticipated character he was a fan favorite for Beneath the Hood but nobody could touch Lily with (laughs) she was was one that everybody wanted yeah so (laughs) with that we kind of got a glimpse of um in everybody's book of how the build-up was going to happen with their story with her story Mm -hmm. and what what really surprised you most about writing this book because Lily and Mason are those two are very broken characters each in their very different ways Mm -hmm. especially Lily Lily went through a lot yeah yeah she did I knew that she was going to be the heaviest character out of all of them for me to write. Uh, that's part of the reason I made her story last because I knew I would have to kind of go to a dark place to write from her point of view. Um, what surprised me most, there was a lot of things, you know, I, I really write kind of stream of consciousness um, as I write the characters. So I kind of am writing them like um, you're driving in a car in fog and you can only see a couple steps in front of you. And then as I write, I see the road. So uh, a lot of things surprised me with them, but I think the most was, um, I would say Mason on the whole, his um, kind of ability, he, cause he comes across kind of rough on the outside, but his ability to not only be around Lily, but be around Lily's son for me, um, I, I didn't know that he was going to be that uh, 
got kind of in tune with her kid. And on the whole, I think he kind of wrapped it all together in a way that I wasn't expecting Mason to wrap the family together, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. He brought a lot of people together in that because they were, they were all kind of broken over time, over 10 year span Mm -hmm. and each of them with different issues like Chase not having a sister nearby and Mm -hmm. Elena losing her best friend and not understanding what led to that. Yeah. And then you had the parents who were upset and it definitely full circle moments in this book. Yeah. So it it was probably my favorite read this month like for as a blogger. It's one of my it favorite is. reads so far. Thank you. That makes me so happy. <laughs> um so if Sugar Lake were to be turned into a TV series or movie, who would you cast as the roles? Look, I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> <laughs> all the the fucking time and I never have an answer because I I don't know look when when um the publishing house that does the audiobooks they asked me this question so that they could try and like cast the narrators Mm -hmm. I'm like I have no idea y'all I have no idea (laughs) I have no clue who I pick because I don't see anybody in my head except who I've created in my head so it's so hard for me to even consider I need to ask like my readers you need to have <laughs> we a need a poll, poll. <laughs> a and we poll. need to have a, yeah and then we'll petition Netflix <laughs> to pick it up as a series next I mean we got sex life when we got the big right. the big right. I so why not <laughs> I am hoping within like with everything in me that sex life just shows Netflix and like every mm-hmm. other musical like movie producer tv show producer ever that contemporary romance novels like B.B. Easton's 44 chapters about 44 men yeah is what women want to see on television I mean it's crazy they don't think that when it's the largest revenue generating oh absolutely in the entire industry but I'm hoping the same thing I'm with you and I mean I'm hoping that it becomes like another 50 shades of gray moment you know Mm -hmm. because 50 shades of gray not even for like cinematic purposes but for book pub purposes a it launched so many indie author careers and yeah. b it showed traditional publishers because prior to 50 shades of gray getting a traditional book you know uh like to get your book published like the kind of books that we write in contemporary romance now to get that published on a traditional spectrum would have been so hard because they mm-hmm. go off of like what society wants and what they think so you couldn't have you know a female character who looked like this or did this or did that but in indie publishing, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And then it right. showed traditional publishers that, hey, okay, well, maybe, you know, writing outside of the spectrum of what we think is right might be a good idea. So maybe if we could do that with this Netflix series, that would be fucking amazing. Well, I will say after they had announced Sex Life was coming to Netflix, a lot of books got picked up mm-hmm. I for think so option. Too. Like uh, Jillian Dodd got that, uh, the um, that boy was optioned. And Jay, uh, Jay Bankston was picked up for Cake. And then Kennedy Ryan's picked up for like three series at this point with three different books. So, I mean, it's happening. I think slowly but surely they're starting to see contemporary romance as a moneymaker. That this can be a huge moneymaker. Like, mm-hmm. listen to me. Women want to see, like, do you know how many TikToks I've seen of women like episode three, 20 minutes in, sex life? This is what we want to see on television, people. And, like, I mean, not always are, are they going to find an actor that's willing to show his actual eggplant on 
Oh my God. And the thing is, I saw an article written. I think it might've been my BuzzFeed. I'm not sure. But I saw an article written where it was like, Sex Life is Netflix's raunchiest TV show yet and like one of its best selling. And I was like, because... Did you guys not watch 365 Days? I was just about to say, tell me why I was just about to say that. Literally, like, like, how are you guys not adding it up that this is what we like, okay? Like, what are you doing? Give the women what they want. Give us what we want. Once they see the money coming in, I think they'll start to be all right with it. (laughs) That's true. All right, so what's next for you in 2021? I know you announced the, the title yesterday. I did. Yeah. So I just announced the title to my next book and my next series. Um, The next series is called the never after series, which will be a collection of complete standalones of anti-hero fractured fairy tales. So I take the original story and I twist it and change it and create brand new characters and storylines with nods to the original. So this first one is called Hooked. As in like Captain Hook? As in, yes. (laughs) It is um, a dark contemporary romance, not fantasy, uh, but it comes out September 7th. I'm extremely excited for everybody to read it. Oh, I love the Disney retellings in different versions. Listen, okay, I have a question. Does he have (laughs) both hands or one of is one of them a hook? He has he has both hands. Okay, so is this like a nod to a sexual thing that he enjoys? (laughs) I feel like I can't tell you that. Um, but I will say that with with them, it's a fractured fairy tale, so it's really its own story and its own characters. It's just I do, you know, nods to the original um and I kind of put my own spin on it. I'm excited. He does have he does have a hook, but he has both of his hands. That's what I'll <laughs> <say>. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so this is my turn uh, to ask you some writing question. This is my portion. Um, so when did okay? Obviously, you've already answered this question because well, no, no, you didn't. I mean, you kind of told us how you got there, but no. Yeah, when did you realize you first wanted to be a writer? Like, you told us that, right? Like I, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a writer my whole life. Uh, I've, I'm a musician. I'm a singer and a songwriter, and I play the piano. So I have, like, hundreds of notebooks from when I was a kid of song lyrics and poetry. Um, and then I had just secretly wanted to write a book for a long time, so... That's just what like I've small flex. I am a I like small flex. There, like she's talented. <laughs> I mean, y'all don't know if I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I feel. Listen to me. I feel like people who say I can, you know, sing and you know play the piano, like they wouldn't say it if they weren't good, because you just know good and damn well. Like if you're at a party and you're like, oh yeah, I sing and play the piano, somebody's gonna be like, we'll do it. Yeah. So like, <laughs> I feel like if you have the balls to say it, you're good. So I'm just chalking you up as good. That's fair. So are you a plotter, pantser, or somewhere in between? I am a pantser for sure. So, well, I, I do really in-depth character profiles. I mean, my character profiles are like seven, eight pages long. And I get to know my characters so well. I, I mean, I answer my own questions about things that will never make a book. Like, what would they be named in a yearbook as most likely to? And what's oh God, their best childhood me. memory? What's their worst childhood memory? Like, who do they go to for like loyalty, for advice, everything? What are their mannerisms? You, you think it, I, I write it down. And what that does is that allows me 
to know my characters so well that I can throw them in any situation and I, I can, I know exactly how they'll react uh, because they're real. Yeah. So I pants the story. I do not plot the story. I write um, first person present. So I just really write stream of consciousness and POV. I kind of just feel like I'm honestly channeling the character Mm -hmm. when I write them. Um, And of course, in like Sugar Lake, you have to have the interconnected plot points that hit certain things. So as I'm writing, um, the plots kind of drop in my head and I have loose plots then. And I kind of can steer in that direction. But for the most part, I don't know what's going to happen till I write it. Um, I would die if I did that. I would <laughs> However, I do do the character outlines, like severe mm-hmm. character outlines, like to the it's point where people are like, it's a little much. And I'm like, no, it's not. Leave mm-hmm. me alone. <laughs> uh, one thing that I found that really helped me, especially because like, I think it's super easy for me to kind of create the characters and figure out who they are. Um, but like figuring out the, you know, because I feel like it's really important to have each character have like their own kind of vibe for dialogue. And so one of my friends, Saffron Kent, told me to do character interviews. And I was like, bro, what the fuck is that? And she was like, like pull up interview questions, just like random questions, you know, and then have your character like sit down and answer like your character would answer. And that'll give you a really good vibe of what their dialogue is going to look like. And I was like, bro, why? This is the most genius fucking thing ever. Why did nobody teach me this in fucking school? Like, where was this in school? So that super helps me. So I definitely agree with you. I think that character outlines are super important because those are like, it's like the main part of the story, bro. You can have like a great plot, but like no connection to the characters. And you're like, well, that sucked. Right. And with the dialogue, especially, that's why I like make sure I know everything about them. Because if you don't know the characters, if they're not real to you, your dialogue's going to fall flat every single time. Because you you don't know how they're going to react to things. So how are you going to write good dialogue that's going to keep the reader entertained it's impossible absolutely I agree 100% so do you have any interesting writing quirks when you sit down to write like do you have a specific routine when you wake up do you have to always be eating Twizzlers or wearing the same hoodie like give us the details I'm a mom to a toddler so I write whenever I have a free second so I wish that I could have like really nailed down things but I yeah never finish a book because real life I I write when she's naps and then I write when everybody else in the house is asleep so <laughs> I love it mom yeah. life. mom life right where you can <laughs> versus all I'm telling you right now listen to me I feel selfish but I don't even care because <laughs> I I, we have like a lot of moms and, you know, like mothers come on the podcast and, you know, they talk about, and it's usually the same, like they write around their children's schedule. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, and I sit here and I'm like, Oh my God, bro. I don't know if I want to have kids. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I want to move my schedule around because I'm ADHD and slightly bipolar. So a schedule is super important to me mm-hmm. and for me to be able to write. Like yeah. if I am not, you know, like so, so like the way my brain works is that if I'm doing something every single day, it's like training me to get in that mode. Right. Yeah. So like I wake up, I make my bed, I brush my teeth. I do this. I do that. It's almost like I have OCD tendencies, but I don't. It's that if I get into that routine, it's like, okay, my brain's like, all right, we're getting ready to, we're getting ready to write. And if something happens out of that routine, like I'm out of a bagel that I usually eat every single morning or my cream cheese is low, or I don't have the drink <laughs> I need, my whole fucking day is just shattered. And I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't. So it's like, I don't know if I can have children. I don't know if I can do it. 
Don't ask how I put up with her. That's not selfish though. I think, you know, that's, I think it's self-care is the most important thing. And if that's something you recognize about yourself, I don't think that's selfish, but I, I agree with you about the schedule because I do have to have a pretty, even, even with the kid. And even when I have to write, when she goes down, I have our days very regimented because my, I cannot do, I cannot do chaos. It absolutely makes me lose my mind. So I really try to wake up in the morning before she wakes up and get a certain word count in. And then when she goes down for her nap, which is same time every day, that's when I write again. And then at night, that's when I write again. But so I, I completely understand the need for a schedule. <laughs> Bro, if I didn't have a schedule, I'd literally never write a book ever. I would, I I would lay I, in bed all day. I'd be depressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I, would, I would never leave the bed <laughs> ever. So what do you like to do when you're not writing? Oh, I like to read, honestly. Yes, <laughs> we love this answer. That's all I want to do if I'm not, honestly, at the time I'm writing, I'm like, I kind of wish I was reading right now. <laughs> Same though. Uh, yeah, besides that, I just really hang out with my daughter and my, my husband. I'm, I'm a huge homebody. I feel like all authors are homebodies, bro. We I actually just talked about this on your live the other night. We were talking, like, I had yeah. made a comment. I hadn't been to a restaurant yeah. since, like, pre-COVID. <laughs> I know my husband's birthday is next week and he's like, we're going to a restaurant for my birthday. And I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. Like, does that mean I have to wash my hair? Cause I don't want to, no. I don't like leaving the house. I feel like the reason authors are in, we're not introverts. I'm not an introvert. I feel very much like a social butterfly. However, I would love to be a social butterfly in the comfort of my home. Yeah. Like I, a great way to explain it. I have a theory that authors are homebodies because we live exhausting lives in our heads. Like, bro, like 10 yeah. minutes ago, I was in Oregon murdering somebody. Okay. Yeah. I'm tired. Oh, God, here she dark I'm, tired. <laughs> I'm tired. I need to take a freaking nap. Okay. I don't want to go out to Chili's. Okay. <laughs> stressful bro oh my god stevie if that does not go as the clip for this episode i am using my shit that is the best thing i have ever said on this fucking podcast oh my god that was phenomenal all right anyways what does your family think of your writing and have any of them read your books oh yeah oh yeah uh my grandma and my mom read my books my grandma loves my books and she will read them and then her and my mom will call each other and talk about them oh my god i love yeah that was actually one of my my first TikToks that did well was me like making a joke about my grandma reading my smutty books but yeah so they read it um I'm pretty sure my grandpa's read it too oh um, my I would pass out oh yeah. my F&G. oh yeah that was the TikTok it was a text message from my mom like your grandma loved your book she read it in one day and then it's like grandpa's reading it next <laughs> oh god did you have like the oh no yeah oh, no. like uh yeah. yeah, that was actually the song, the song I used in that TikTok. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then my my dad has copies and he's always like, you know, I'm I'm gonna read it. I'm like, Dad, you really don't have to read it. It's <laughs> okay. You can just sit it on your shelf. It's all right. It's not your thing. That's fine. I'd cut my dad's eyeballs out if he tried to read my books. He already <laughs> threatens to super glue them shut. Yeah. Yeah. I told him, you know, I, I told him, I put it in my acknowledgments, like you're, you're all adults. You know, what's in here. If you choose to read it, you choose to read it. Yeah. 
I mean, listen, my grandma, I have, I told the, I was like the last two people on here about my grandma when I, when I caught her reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. So, like, I come from the South, okay? So, like, my grandma is very old school Southern, like, lady, like, like, you know, like, you don't talk about sex at the dinner table, okay? Mm And I, we were at Thanksgiving a few years ago and my grandma, like, um, I was like cleaning off the table or whatever and picked up a newspaper and I was like, it's 50 shades darker was like sitting there. And I was like, this huzzy holding out on me. And I had already like read the whole series. Right. So I was like, grandma, I was like, is that your 50 shades of gray on the table? And she was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's your aunts. And I was like, you fucking liar. And she was like, don't tell nobody. And I was like, I won't. So when she found out that I wrote these books, right. She's like, she's like, um, you know, she calls me Tutti Fruity. She's like, Tutti Fruity. She's like, you want me to, you want me to read them? And I was like, grandma, if you don't like Fifty Shades of Grey, don't fucking read these books. Like, please don't, God. Mm -hmm. So she tried to read the first one and she's like, I had to skip over the sex scenes. It's a little too much for me. And I was like, I figured as much. So I, yeah, yeah, my family is no go. No go Mm -hmm. on reading my books. Please don't. Yeah. Well, I see the, the sex scenes are fine for my mom, but my mom, when I told her about, uh, the, the never after series and hooked she's like I don't know she can't do violence and oh, got it. at all and so she's like I don't think I'll be able to read this one she's like well maybe I can and then I I sent her when I got the cover done the other day uh I sent her the blurb and the cover and she's like yeah I don't think I'm gonna be able to do this one. <laughs> I told oh you <laughs> I love it I love how she's like yeah give me all the smut but like yeah. if he tries to cut somebody I don't know yeah but I'm a pacifist so <laughs> can't read about <laughs> oh my god I'm obsessed. all right so that's my last writing question i'm gonna let stevie go ahead and handle the reading questions okay so has a book ever changed your life or your outlook on something oh that is a great question i i don't know that any books other than harry potter which like just i feel like changed <gasps> my life on What's a base have? level oh please do you not my sweatshirt oh my says god, oh my god <laughs> girl girl oh my god we're twins as <laughs> if that's a question forever. <laughs> yeah so um i'm really glad that we fi- figured that out just now <laughs> okay. stevie's a gryffindor so i have a gryffindor oh well i mean we can't all be slytherins I was about to be like, you can't oh. be as cool as us. <laughs> it's okay. All right, I, love I feel bad for people who are Hufflepuffs. Yeah. Bro, <laughs> I love a Hufflepuff. Don't even. I will defend, I will burn the world down for a Hufflepuff. I do right? feel like they're just so innocent and pure. I'll it's burn so a world down for a Hufflepuff, for <laughs> I'm serious. I genuinely believe that Hufflepuffs are like the yin to the yang of Slytherins. Like, for sure. I could see that. 100 percent. what about ravenclaw though i feel like ravenclaws could be ravenclaws are slytherins that just like have a little bit um stricter moral code i feel like it's like it's like we would throw a book at you and they would probably like curse you out in their head you know yeah we would throw the book so and i saw this quote the other day and i was like bro i've never seen a more accurate representation of a slytherin in my life right because i feel like if i say slytherin they're instantly like oh so like lord voldemort devil and i'm like yes but no okay (laughs) it's like my attitude could get there however i saw this quote and it was like gryffindors will like try and try and try and try again until they succeed but slytherins will like will build a plan so that failure isn't an option and i was like bro yeah literally that 
<laughs> anyway, I love sorry, my Harry Potter ahead. moment. I had my best fr- my best friend had a Harry Potter themed wedding. Oh, I love that. Like, I mean, they had the sorting hat. They had a cake that had Harry Potter on it. They were had seats were arranged by house. Um, they had the it. jelly beans. It was all catered by Mission Barbecue. <laughs> Bro, that's epic. Best wedding I've it ever is. been to. It is. All right, sorry. Slight detour on Harry Potter. You were saying? That's so fine. I, I was just saying, yeah. Harry Potter was the, like, series that made me a reader. Yeah, yeah, I devoured those books. And then as an adult, I read The Secret. And then I watched the documentary, The Secret. I don't know if you guys know what that is. But it's, it cha- that's, that is the book that changed my outlook on life. And made never me, never read like, nor seen it. Yeah, it's basically just, it tells you, you know, like, if you want it, you can have it. You just have to, like, do inspired action. And it's basically just telling you how to have an outlook on life, not as like, oh, well, this will never happen to me. But like, no, this is happening right now. And these are the steps I'm taking to get there. So when I read that, it, because I was like, real, you know, I was real poor. We were in a really tough situation. I read that book. And it totally shifted my mindset so much and my entire life changed. My entire life changed from that moment on. So if I had to pick one, it would definitely be that. I love that for you. Side <laughs> note, where are you from, Emily? Where am I from? All over. I grew up in Colorado. I was about to be like, bro, your accent. I have heard 8,000 different accents in your voice. <laughs> yeah I don't know it's weird everybody says that to me and I don't know I don't know so I lived in Colorado Indiana Missouri um Ohio and now I live in Florida okay because I was like bro I was like when you say A's you say long A's like happen I was like you sound like New Englandish, but then like you'll say other words, and I'm like, nah, she sounds like Midwestern. She's so very well traveled person. I've been. I'm just a mutt. I'm a mutt. I've been trying to decode <laughs> accent the entire fucking podcast. Don't worry, she's probably decoding your uh, zodiac sign as we speak. Well, she's a Slytherin, so that gives that gives vibes. But yeah. I'm not sure because sometimes Slytherin, because listen, I'm a Leo and that shit always puts me in Gryffindor. And I'm going to tell you right now, just because my son is a motherfucking lion does not mean I am a Gryffindor. <laughs> I would agree with that statement. I do not have the self-control to be a Gryffindor. Okay. Yeah. Let's just I'm, put that out there. I'm a Leo. Oh shit. I was going to guess it, but twins. <laughs> <laughs> oh my bad I didn't know you were gonna guess it oh you're cool what's your birthday August 13th no oh my god what? that is her is that your birthday yes. shut up shut it up why would I lie dude I'm <laughs> up in my chair right now you can't see it up. dead ass oh my god we're birthday twins I have a question when did you publish your debut novel uh September 1st last year oh my god listen I swear to god <laughs> Deadass. We're birthday twins and almost debut novel twins. I mean, I don't even know what to say. Like, that's, I did not expect that. That's crazy. I am literally like in shock right now. And she said August 13th, and I was like, oh shit. (laughs) No way. Suddenly, the Slytherin thing is just making so much sense. (laughs) Absolutely. I feel it. It's there. Also, I just want to let you know that it's Leo season as of today. 
So um, <laughs> I told I told everybody I told everybody in the group like Stevie and me and like we have a few other authors. I sent them Marco Polar. I was like, you guys just need to be ready. I'm thriving yeah. right now. <laughs> Not this really. is our time. <laughs> yeah, this is my time to be thriving in depression. That's literally. Me right <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm depressed, but I'm gonna look good doing it. I'm gonna tell it's you that. All right. It's all right. But, oh my God, that's awesome. That's amazing. I've never, I mean, I've never actually talked to anybody that has the same birthday as I do, so. I don't know that I have either. Super exciting, super exciting. You know what day you were born on? Were you born on Friday the 13th? I also was. Uh, I think I was actually born on Sunday the 13th. Damn, we were almost like real 89, I was born in 89. You're the same age as me. Yeah. Am I? Yeah, I was born in 89, but I'm a Pisces, so I was born in February. But I will say that I love Friday the 13th. I love, 13 is my favorite number, obviously. I love Friday the 13th. 13 is also my favorite number. No, like I'm not surprised thing. by that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were just meant to be best friends. Seriously, I'm getting, a ta- I'm getting a tattoo on like the corner of my elbow that's like lucky 13, like in the old love school. It. Like, they, oh my God, we're twinsies. We're friends now. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, is. we have to be. At this oh. point, there's no going back. I mean, absolutely. How do you? How do you not be friends with somebody who has like the same huffle, is the same house as you, same zodiac, same birth, everything? Anyways, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Moving forward. So, what attracts you to a book? The cover, the board, or the recommendation? <laughs> that whole last topic was only one ass question. I can't. Okay, go. Sorry. Um, All of the first thing is the cover. I will not click on a book because, you know, I read mostly on my ebook, but I won't get a book if the cover doesn't grab me. I'll scroll right past it. So the cover has to grab me first and then the blurb has to grab me. And I'm a huge mood reader, huge. So Mm -hmm. if I'm not in the mood for, for it, I can't, I can try, but even if it's a book that it ends up being my favorite book a month later, like if it's not what I'm wanting, I can't. <laughs> I will say MJ, the only thing that will make you wonder why she's like, why you two are not best friends is that she does not like reverse harem. <gasps> well, here's my thing. I yeah. Just, I just choked on my spit. <laughs> no, and I, no shade, no shade to reverse harem. I wish I I wish I could get in. Okay, wait, it. tell me why you don't like it. And then let me give you a recommendation for a book that you will like. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> my thing is, is I need, I need the like main character obsession between two people. And I need the guy to be like, so possessive that he's like, I can't, you, I can't share you. Like, I don't want anybody else to fucking touch you. I okay. need that. So reverse harem to me. And I know, I'm sure there are exceptions but like, it's really hard for me to get into reverse harem because of that. And also, I'm always afraid that I'm gonna like root for the guy for like the wrong guy. You know what I mean? Um, and that shit will piss me off. I'm just telling you right like, now. So okay, so that's a tough one. But I will say that. Have you read reverse harems where they do um, each boy gets their own POV? I know I haven't read too many because all of the ones I've tried have been like it's just not for me yeah well there is this book series that I recommend you try um and the reason I like it so much is because each so it's almost like a standalone but with the same female character (laughs) it's um each book in the series is in a different boy's POV and it gives you like insight 
to each of their relationships. And I'm just like, oh God, I want to die. Literally want to die. I have an obsession. I love, I mean, like reverse harem is not like my favorite, favorite trope, but I'm going to tell you, it's up there. That shit's up yeah. there. Oh, it's super pop. I wish I could, I wish I loved it because so there's so many books that are so popular from it. So it's just, you know, it's hard for me, but that's okay. No it's all right. It's all right. We'll just chalk it up as a, you know, we'll forget about it. It's fine. We sh- I'm sure we got yeah. more in common. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Those are just our unique traits. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let me, okay. Let me ask you. Oh, but wait. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite trope to read? Okay. So because I'm a mood reader, this one's hard for me because it changes depending on my mood. Yeah. But I have to have angst. Have to have okay. angst. There we go. And I, and I have to have like, so forbidden romance is always really high up there like I love dark romance taboo romance forbidden give me like stepbrother I love bully okay see um, we're fine we're fine yeah. we got our core values in check yeah. we're fine, <laughs> <laughs> we're fine. Yeah. our values are there <laughs> our values are there as long as the book can make me angst is like a must has oh, to I can't get into it it I cannot get into it if there's an, I want I want you to rip my heart out but oh. I need you to put it back together at the end or I'm going to be pissed off. <laughs> Absolutely. That's literally me. Have you, yeah. okay, sorry, continue, go. I'll ask the next question <laughs> I was going to ask after you ask another question. So I'm not like talking for eight hours on the same question. <laughs> so who were some of your favorite authors to read? Um, oh, I have so many. See, and I knew you were going to ask this too. And I'm still like, God, how do I pick? How do I pick? Um, Very carefully. Yeah, this is what we tell yeah. people. We had we had an author ask us this: "Is this my chance to uh, name drop my friends?" Yeah, literally. yeah, yeah. That's that's a good. Um, I love Penelope Douglas. <laughs> oh my god, I we're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> you said the key word, and Penelope Douglas is the key word. <laughs> so I love Penelope Douglas. She's always up there, and there are a couple books of hers I haven't read yet. So actually, um. Oh my God, you better be careful with what you're about to say. <laughs> I'm just saying they're on my, I haven't gotten to them yet. What are they? <laughs> um, I haven't read Credence. Okay, cool. All right. Not mad. doesn't matter. My favorite one. I love Birthday Girl. Okay. I love Birthday Girl. So good. Oh I'm obsessed. Same though. Obsessed. Um, really anything, but I just think her writing is absolutely, I would read, she could spit on a page and I would, I would read what she wrote. Um, I love, Okay. I love, I do love Saffron Kim since you were talking about her earlier. Oh my effing Jesus. We're soul sisters. <laughs> soul sisters. Oh my God. <laughs> Another one. I'll read anything she writes. I just you love read, it. Okay. Big three right here. You read Candy Steiner. Oh yeah. Okay. We're best friends. There you go. Locked and loaded. There we go. Those are my big three. Penelope mm. Douglas, Saffron Kim, Candy Steiner. I don't even give a shit. If they were literally like, this book is like two words. I'd one click it. Yeah, Candy, Candy was um, one of the auth- like first authors when I started reading. Because I read, okay, when I was younger, I read fan fiction. That's how I started, right? I read Fifty Shades of Grey when it was fan fiction. We're the same person. Yeah. And, <laughs> well, we had the same- Yeah. And, um, and so, like, Candy Steiner was one of my one-click authors from the get-go. Yeah. Um, definitely. And then Penelope Douglas. So, I already said them. I said her- Savar Miller, that's my best friend. She writes um, anti-hero romance. So good. So good. She's coming out with um, a 
Thomas's and Pomegranates, a Hades and Persephone retelling. I saw that. Me and Sigurd were talking about that. Mm, I read. Well, I've read it obviously because I be here in like two two weeks. Yeah, August tenth is when it drops. Oh my god! And well, she'll be here the day before. I think it. Drops. Oh, she is. Oh, yes. She I forgot does. she was doing it. Yes. Yep. Okay. Listen, she. Oh. She's so, well, she, her writing is actually very similar to mine in that she has like poetic prose and just her style of writing is very fluid. Yeah. Uh, I love her steamy scenes, but this Hades of Persephone retelling, like mm, Cal is the main character. (sighs) I just love psychopaths. Like I love them. I cannot, I, and he's amazing. So, well, then I'm going to have to send you an arc for this new series I'm writing. Okay. I got four of them. Not a yeah. theorem. They all have their own book. That's fine. But I, I got four of them. I love, but it is dark romance. And I love dark romance. romance. That's, yeah, <laughs> I love it. The great, like, I love morally great characters. And if the guy is, like, unhinged, it's just, I don't know. I'm sick. I, it's attractive to me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I got you, girl. I have four of them. And each of them got their own little thing they do. I got you. Each of them, I, I was joking the other day. Okay, so like obviously the homicidal triad. Okay, there's three of them, but mm-hmm. I was joking and I was like, I feel like each of these guys I'm writing has like a tendency from the homicidal triad scratch bedwetting. <laughs> like, oh like explosive anger kills animals and likes to play with fire. All right, cool. I got one for each of those. What yeah. else? Perfect. I got a schizophrenic in there as well. If you want to just slide that on in there, mental illness. So, I mean, yeah. it's fine. I'm fine. I'm under control. Anyways, um, I have a question. Your favorite Saffron Kent book, what is it? Oh, God, it's a hard one. The Unrequited, probably. <laughs> Thomas. Oh, my God. Love He's it. just oh, iconic. Well, I, I, love, I love cheating books, okay? Woo! Same. Have you I read Fiona it. Darling's yeah, The Evolution of Sense? All right, fine. I don't, I don't even know why I'm giving, I'm not giving her any more book recommendations because apparently she's read everything. Read <laughs> uh, I love it. Look, you cannot, that is, that might be one of my, that's one of my top things. And I know it's very unpopular for most people, but I love it because the angst is just so fucking good in it. Oh yeah. It like literally kills you. Like yeah. I love love triangles. I mean, a lot of people hate love triangles. Yeah. And I'm like, give me all the love triangles. I love it. So anything yeah. that's not allowed or permitted or is illegal, I'll probably like it. Yeah. Same. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so just sign me up for that. Um, anyways, next question, Stevie. So do you prefer e-reader or physical copies? I read the most on e-reader. I love having the actual physical copies on my shelf, but I don't normally read them. They just sit on my shelf and look pretty. Same. None of yeah. these get touched. <laughs> Not anybody, one of them has been yeah. read. <laughs> yeah. If anybody try to touch them bitches, I'd probably cut a finger off because oh. I love the covers. Don't bend them. <laughs> um, so what was your last five-star read? It was definitely the one I was just talking about, Promises and Pomegranates. I just finished it right before she sent it to her editor. It's so good. You got it up for pre-order yeah it does. does oh hold up give me two seconds i think i just looked to see what day she comes i think she is here with us uh august 16th oh love the cover oh isn't that beautiful pre-ordered it's done mm, so good <laughs> you won't regret it 
All right, that's done. All right. <laughs> so we are moving on to the, it's sadly the last portion of our podcast, but it is one of our favorites, uh, trope questions. So what is your favorite trope to write and why? Oh, I don't know if I have an all-time favorite because um, I don't know. That's hard. I love enemies to lovers mm. because I love the banter and I love the the kind of back and forth, but I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that's my all-time favorite. I feel like there's so many tropes left to explore. Although I will say um, the one I'm writing now with hooks, which is my dark romance. Uh, there's some pretty good ones in there that are, that are a lot of fun to write. I'm interested. Yeah. <laughs> no, somebody needs to ask me that question on my deathbed. Like when I'm yeah. dying, so I'm like about to go. So that okay. thing, I've written everything. I've what, that's my written. thing. Like, I don't know if I can pick because I feel like there's so many I haven't written yet. How do I know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> same, same though. Okay. So what is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? Um... Hmm, I would love to do, I think, a bully romance. And I, I, before, before I had started Hooked, I would say an anti-hero because I feel like, um, I feel like villains and anti-heroes have the richest backstories and the most, ex like, they have such great potential for origin stories. And I love flawed, broken characters and building their character arcs from that. Uh, but since I'm already writing that, I guess it would be Bully. And probably for the same reason, because characters that are so broken and flawed are just my favorite thing in the world to write. I love building their characters and diving into what makes them tick. And I love shifting the reader's perception and twisting their morals. Oh yeah. Having them get empathy and love a character that they feel like they would never be able to love in real life. That's literally what I'm currently trying to do. And it's mm -hmm. a little stressful. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, but it's I'm like, so I good. think I made him a little bit too unlovable, but I don't know, <laughs> but it's going to be okay. I'm going to try and reel it in. It's going to be fine. Yeah, you got so, it. What is one trope you would never write and why? Probably reverse harem. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Damn. I'm just only because I don't think I'd do it justice because I don't enjoy it as a reader. That's yeah. the only reason I don't think and I mean never say never, but I I don't I don't know that I would do I don't think I'd do it justice. It's completely understandable. It's fine. I mean I feel like it'd be super I personally like, I love reverse harem, but I personally don't know if I'll ever be able to write it because mm -hmm. it's a lot of body parts to take care of. Yep. I get tired reading it, let alone trying to write it. So, I don't know. We'll see. We shall see. Okay, so if you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? <laughs> uh... Reverse harem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually, if I was the girl, I'd probably take Reverse. <laughs> it's such a good proof. Um, <laughs> I would probably do, I would probably do an anti-hero, maybe a mafia or something, because I just, 
I love that aspect of not in real life. Let's not do it in real life though. Cause I don't think it'd be <laughs> as fun, <laughs> but even when I was a kid, my mom always tells me this story about how she'd be like, if you could have been born anything else, what would you be? And I'm like this little girl in the back, like a mafia princess. Abduct <laughs> <laughs> <duck> me, please. <laughs> yeah. Please. So uh, I would definitely want to play out one of those tropes. I think, I think that's the first mafia answer we've had. It is. Oh, really? We normally get like enemies to lovers or friends to lovers. Yeah. Um, friends to lovers is most common. Yeah. Because we talk to a lot of married authors and they're like, yeah, I'm living my friends to lovers. And oh my God. We like had an like- author who was living their age gap romance. Yeah. I mean, my husband's 10 years older. That's kind of an age gap, but. Mine's eight. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go with the older guys. Gotta do it. Has to be. But I mean, I think per like okay. So like like I said the other day, and I was I can't remember what author Laura Lee was that who we were on with. Yeah, we were on with her, and I was dying because she was like, oh, you know, friends to lovers, because I'm like living it or whatever or something like that, and I was like, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm married and I love my husband, but I'm gonna tell you right now, if somebody came down and was like, you get to have whatever trophy you want, I'd be like, oh. It's tough to reverse harem that one that's <laughs> it. i want that one so uh yeah but it's okay it's okay because it's never gonna happen so it's fine anyways um so that is sadly our last question for you however this has been such a fun episode i found a soul sister and a birthday twin who knew who knew so that's super exciting um but we're gonna leave you a few minutes here to talk about if you have a book coming up or a pre-order or a sale anything of that nature and tell our listeners where to find you. The floor is yours. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So y'all already know I have hooked a never after no- novel. It is available for pre-order on Amazon uh, or through my website, emilymcintyre.com, which that's where you can find all my books. You can find me on Facebook at author Emily McIntyre, Instagram at it's Emily McIntyre, TikTok, is author Emily McIntyre and Pinterest is uh, author Emily McIntyre. I believe. God, I hope I'm telling you guys the right things. I put the links in the, in the bio. Okay, perfect. Yeah, the links are in the bio. <laughs> All right, awesome. So once again, thank you so much for joining us. This has been super awesome and uh, we hope that you have a great day. Yeah, thanks so much.